Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right, and you're on Dirt Radio with Sam, and good morning, John. Hello, Sam. Hello. I had a week off. I went up to um, Port Douglas. And That's why you're looking so <laughs> incredibly relaxed. And brown. <laughs> I know. I've been up playing on the Barrier Reef and Cape Tribulation in the Daintree Forest. Well... Let's hope it's still there in uh, a few years' time. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I went there. Uh, so we've got a great show coming up today. Yeah, just want to thank Yarrabug for their program and mm-hmm. uh, Dirt Radio, of course, Friends of the Earth. Check us out at foe.org.au. That's who sponsors us. And uh, Sam, we do have a great show. And uh, here's what I've got to say to start it <laughs> off. How do you show people back home that you've already, you've been, really been to Australia? Well, of course, what do you do? You get photographed with a cuddly koala. Politicians do it. Prime ministers do it. Celebrities do it. And I think uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, a few other celebs are here for the Grand Prix. And, oh, uh, are they? I'm sure they're going to be photographed with koalas. And swimming with dolphins and patting uh, exactly. koalas. Cheeky kids get do it as well when they have their grins on their faces. That's uh, the koala, the cutest animal icon of all, I'd say, in the country. A kind of national brand logo and uh, as if it's and it's for real. Meanwhile, over the past month or so, we've been seeing some very different kinds of realities that focus on the koala, particularly here in Victoria. In order to sort out the national cliché from the Instagram post and the actual conditions faced by koalas in Victoria, we've invited Anthony Amos to take us through some of his koala research and some of the relevant issues. Anthony's a longtime campaigner and researcher with Friends of the Earth. And in 2014, he published a comprehensive report for Friends of the Earth entitled Victoria, Victorian Koala Issues, Plantations and Forest Stewardship Council Certification 2000 to 2014. And just to let you listeners know, if you haven't been following Dirt Radio over the years, Anthony was one of the original crew presenting and producing Dirt Radio. Anthony, how are you this morning? Uh, yeah, pretty good, John, yeah. Hi, Anthony. Welcome back to Dirt Radio. Yeah, hi, Sam. Been a while. It has been a while. So, Anthony, about six weeks ago, Friends of the Earth was sent uh, by a community member some rather disturbing video footage involving koalas in a blue gum plantation in southwest Victoria. Uh, the footage went viral over the internet uh, as people around the world watched a bulldozer knocking a mama bear, a mama koala and her baby out of a tree. Uh, can you tell us what was going on there? Uh, well, that was a plantation down at Bessie Bell, which is, for people who don't know, that's about 40 k's northeast of Portland in the southwest of the state. 
So, um, yeah, that was sent anonymously in from a, um, a local person who's uh, basically faced uh, death threats from, from the logging industry down there for exposing, uh, you know, and trying to protect uh, the koala population in the region. So um, what listeners should understand, in Victoria there's two separate koala populations. There's the endemic population, which is in the Streslecki Ranges, which is the only endemic population re- remaining in Victoria, and it's highly significant. Mm-hmm. Then the other population is the translocated population, which has um, been sourced from French Island or Phillip Island stock, which, uh, which themselves were... Um, there was a couple of animals sent over those islands back in about the 1890s. So essentially the French Island and Phillip Island stock um, have been uh, their, their descendants, so to speak, uh, spread across uh, Victoria in what, what's known as the translocation program. Um, to complicate matters a little bit more, um, one of the disease, uh, one of the um, means of keeping the population down um, uh, in, in, in the wild is, a, is the disease called chlamydia. Mm-hmm. The French island animals, any animals translocated from French Island don't have chlamydia. Uh, the ones from Phillip Island do. So what that means is when these translocated animals, which were often uh, sort of re- are requested to be um, sent to different areas of the state by, by different um, tourist groups or community groups in their regions, the animals that didn't have chlamydia haven't got these natural um, population controls left and you get these big booms in population. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happened in the southwest is there's been a massive uh, increase in population size of the koala population because the industry's put in about um, almost 100,000 hectares of blue gums. Mm. Uh, that's an additional feed source for this sort of uh, population, which was al- already um, uh, starting to boom. I mean, in, uh, 10 years ago around Mount Eccles, uh, the biggest managum forest in uh, remaining in uh, in the Victoria, the animals had to actually be uh, be sterilised uh, to, to stop them breeding. And just so listeners, if 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 a koala population hasn't got this disease called chlamydia, you can expect a doubling of population size in three years. Wow! So uh, so what's happened there? They've had a hundred thousand hectares of habitat put into the landscape so of course uh, you know uh, the population of the koalas is, has, uh, has bred uh, and it's increased very quickly uh, and anyway what's happening now is that the companies were unaware of this issue and have, have basically gone into this issue completely blind mm. and now finding that when they go into these plantations uh, lo and behold, there's koalas in there. Yeah, fancy that koalas being attracted to to trees that they can eat. Yeah, so I went in. Uh, I went into a couple of plantations uh, anonymously, of course, because you know. Um, anyway, <laughs> Southwest Victoria a few weeks ago, and I, I'd, um, we've been trained up now uh, from our work in Gippsland to actually go through and, and do koala counts. Um, so I went through in, into a couple of sites uh, down there in the bluegum plantations, I was pretty astounded that uh, in the first site I went to, uh, every second tree had signs of koalas, mm. and uh, the other site I did was every third tree had signs. So these are very high high, high numbers of um, what, what we do is, is 
count scats under trees because you can't often identify koalas in trees. Mm. Uh, so what we do is, is we, uh, we count the scats under the trees and we've got a, a reading of 50%, which is, you know, that's in the Streslekis, in, in, the, in, the, in the really important populations down there, we, we only got one or two sites of that. So to actually get that first bang in this bluegum plantation. So what it means for, for, for the bluegum plantation managers... Uh, it means um, a bloody big headache, basically. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen now is uh, some of the companies down there um, employ spotters. Mm. So they walk ahead of the machinery before the trees are logged. And if, if there's a koala sighted, then supposedly the machinery is supposed to stop. And, and what they do is they leave a few trees um, and they sort of go around the animal. But what happened in this instance that went viral was that the spotter, I don't know if she was asleep at the wheel or having a few cans of beer or who knows what the hell she was doing, <laughs> but she, she didn't see the, the animal and, uh, yeah, the animal was caught in the tree. And, you know, a couple of years ago there was, uh, there's been inundations in animal, animal welfare areas in, now in Warrnambool. There's been, um, you know, 50 animals, 60 animals, uh, and they're inundated with animals at the moment that have been injured and have suffered horrible injuries in the in the process of logging. Anthony, you know, that... Backs, legs, um, you know, all sorts of all, all sorts of horrible injuries. So, so the industry down there has been caught completely with their pants down. Um, they're trying to um, ad, uh, address the issue, but. Um, yeah, they're not really succeeding. Uh, everyone's pulling their hair out and don't know what to do. And 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 the other uh, really disturbing issue, which I, which I found a couple of weeks ago, was that once these plantations are logged, the koalas then are basically left homeless. So mm. there's nowhere for them to go. So what they'll do is, is they'll hone in onto any any remnant uh, vegetation in in the vicinity. And, and, you know, potentially if there's only a few trees or, or, or a, um, a line of trees, then, then what will happen is that those trees will get eaten to death. Mm. They'll be over-browsed. So I saw signs down there already of over-browsing in some old-growth forests. Um, this is important uh, remnant of, of vegetation on the sides of roads, etc. So the koalas are honing in, in some areas on, on that already. So what we could see in the next you know, a few years is this uh, sort of refugee of koala uh, of koalas uh, moving across the landscape, trying to hone in and and and, and survive um, on what's left of, of of the already stressed native vegetation of the area. Anthony, uh, just uh, just to try and get a visual uh, picture of this, the the way you're describing it, are they the kinds of trees that we saw in the news a few weeks ago? Basically, skeletons of. Uh, Branches and trunks with virtually no leaves—is that—is that the kind of thing you're think, you're you're talking about? Uh, yeah, well, 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 the issue that was on the news—this is a, a sort of separate issue. But I don't know if anyone's been down to Cape Otway. Mm. Um, it's in the Otway Range. Is that there's a managum forest um, down there, a very significant forest. What's happened is there's but there's a translocated population of koalas that have basically eaten the forest to death. And um, I was down there last year, and I recommend if there anyone's in the Otways. Take a trip down to, to Cape Otway, and I, I think you'll be. Yeah, I mean, m- m- my mind was suitably blown when I, I, I saw the extent of the damage. And we're talking about hundreds of hectares of, um, mm. of managum. Well, what sort of occurred in the Cape Otway area is those animals that were, were released in the area have become specialised managum um, eaters. So what they do is they hone in on managum, and 
And according to the research, if they're released somewhere else, uh, they don't go too well because um, the, you know, they've specialised in managum. So if you release them into another forest that hasn't got those particular species, uh, the, you know, the animals aren't, aren't going to cope very well at all. So, um, yeah, down there there was news uh, last week. Um, there was uh, 700 animals killed by mm. the state government in um, last year in, in, in secret because they didn't want to raise concerns mm. amongst welfare groups and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, in, like in New South Wales, Queensland, the animals, um, you know, on, 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 on the verge of extinction. Uh, in southeast New South Wales, for instance, there's only 20 animals left. And yet we're, we're secretly, our government is secretly killing a healthy population because well, there's well, not it, enough it, food? It, is it, that... Well, the population at Cape Otway, I mean, I mean in, a, in a healthy forest, you know, in a healthy koala population, you, you might be looking at one koala per hectare. So that's one koala every 100 metres. Mm. Mm. In the Cape Otway region, they were getting up to 30 koalas a hectare, which is sort of unheard of. Mm. And, and what had happened is they were eating themselves out of the out of their homes, and um, and they were starving to death, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I guess the government w- w- went in there and decided to put the animals out of their misery. Uh, look, a similar thing happened at Framlingham Forest down there near the... Uh, um, near... Uh, uh, near Warrnambool a few years ago, and um, the animals there were, were... It was a similar problem. Uh, they, they, they'd, they'd eat themselves out of, out of the forest that they'd... They were in there and they were starving to death there. There were animals die- dying at the base of trees. and It was just a mm. horror show. So it's a big, complex um, can of worms. And, you know, um, and this, the, the translocation program has often been mooted as a, as, as, as a massive success. Mm. But, you know, be, be careful for what you wish for because um, the, the issues that are unfolding now have, haven't been planned for um, and... Um, yeah, there's a calamity in, in 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 the making here, and it's look, it's not going to look good on Victoria's reputation. Um, there's there's a petition going around now. I think there's been about fifty thousand people sign it after 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 the culling of the animals last week. So uh, this sort of reputation and and this sort of image is is not a good look. It's a complex story, and it's not really one that can be easily um, digested by by animal lovers out there. So it's so it's a complex one with. Uh, with some really difficult answers, and um, yeah, and I guess um, so. That that's what I wanted to ask you, Anthony. What you know, you've been working with koalas and and plantations for a very long time, and you wrote this report last year, of course, uh, which had some key findings in it. What what do you think needs to happen at this particular point in time to rebalance the situation? Well, look, it's uh, it's it's a bloody headache. Um, like I said, down at uh, down at Mount Eccles about ten years ago, they actually had to had to sterilise animals with implants and all sorts of hormone stuff to to, um, to stop the the animals from breeding. That was in a in a sort of area of about five thousand hectares of, of, of national park. Now the problem with the plantations is we've got a hundred thousand hectares of blue gum uh, scattered across the landscape, which is privately managed. Now who's who's going to actually do a similar program, uh, and, 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 and there are ethical, ethical questions to ask. Who's, who's going to be responsible for actually doing a, um, a similar program across such wide areas of, of southwest Victoria? 
So are you saying that one of the solutions is that we need to have some reproductive control take place? I mean, I just, I think it's one of the things that you were talking about is how it's collapsed in New South Wales and yet we have these populations. Is there a potentiality to translocate rather than sterilise or should this be a federally coordinated issue rather than state by state? Well, it well, it could be, but 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 the problem uh, that, that we're finding is that the this is the other curly one in, in the whole equation. The animals that, that have been translocated are essentially uh, inbred. They've only um, they've only um, had a, a you know there was only five animals transferred to French Island. So so the koalas that have have come out of that translocation program have, have uh, they've actually gone through a, a genetic bottleneck. Mm. So in terms of, of translocation, um, look, animals have been transferred over to South Australia for, from Victoria. Um, there's been uh, widespread overbrowsing in South Australia as well, in, on Kangaroo Island and a few other places. Uh, the, the other states don't want uh, th- these animals because of, uh, of that uh, issue mm. of the inbreeding. Mm. Mm. And, and the other problem is that um, the chlamydia issue is, uh, is different uh, to the populations uh, in interstate as well, so there's this whole issue. They don't want um, animals with with potentially with chlamydia, but they definitely don't want the ones with the limited genes. So that sort of rules mm. out uh, these translocated populations being moved into New South Wales or anywhere else. And like I said, if you move if you move uh, animals that have that such as those at Cape Otway that are a managum browsers. Uh, which managum forest are you going to put them into next? Mm. Mm. So what about the Strizlecki ones? Because I know you've spoken before about them actually being very strong in their DNA. Yeah. Is it possible to translocate some of the healthy population? You know, if we're only talking 20 koalas being spotted in New South Wales, what happens if you take that, some of those really healthy koalas, would they translocate? Well, yeah, well, that's, that's a controversial one too. Look, there are plans afoot by um, by the, the New South Wales government to take some animals from from the Streslakis. Mm. Uh, I'm not really supportive of the idea. Um, Why we, is that? Uh, well, it, it could open the floodgates to get. A, I mean, we've got a population of Streslakis. We've done some counts there, and we're, we're looking at about uh, you know probably a couple of thousand animals. Mm. And now, one big fire event could knock those animals out. Yeah, uh, completely. And then, and the other thing I'm worried about is that it could open the floodgates to have animals uh, moved from the Streslekis, um into other regions of, of New South Wales, and it, it could open the floodgates. And if and um, you know, there could be a lot of problems uh, in the future with different groups wanting you know the Streslekie animals. Right. So you're saying that they could be almost sort of taken out of their natural environment and and depleted to, to try somewhere else, and that may not even work. Oh yeah, and 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 we've also we've already got problems in the Streslekies. There's been animal care. Uh, you know, animal shelters uh, take animals um, from you know in, injured animals out of the Streslekies, and they've relocated them into areas such as the Highlands, Central Highlands, and. And they've mixed then with with the translocated animal, uh-huh. and that's contaminated the gene pool. Uh-huh. So if you mix the the um, the animals uh, that have got the robust genes with ones with less genes, you actually get a, a decrease in diversity. Right. Um, mm. 
So, uh, no, the Streslectes is really interesting. We, we haven't got an over-browsing population. Uh, the, the population looks pretty good, but it's such a small area that, uh, you know, like I said, one big fire event could knock it for six. And the animals in the Streslectes have chlamydia. And I know from uh, one, of the, one of the foremost koala experts in Australia, uh, Dr Steve Phillips, he, he recommended to the Victorian government years ago that, that potentially the... Um, this issue of, of the chlamydia should be reintroduced into these translocated populations yeah. in the West. And then over a, few, over, over a few decades, the control population, it'll, it'll, it'll start looking after itself. But he's been ignored and wide-handed, so his advice hasn't been taken. And so we're, we're, and we're still left in this, in, in, in this scenario now where... Um, where I don't think I don't think the government no, has any idea what you know what to do uh, with with the plantation animals, and the company certainly don't. And um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna um, unfold tragically over over the next few years. Um, and this year alone, I think there's um, fifteen thousand hectares of blue gum going to be logged. Mm, that's, that's a lot. A lot of, of, and if you're looking at say one yeah. animal a hectare, that's that's tens of thousands of animals that could be impacted. Um, that's that's a slaughter, really, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to make the Cape Otway situation that we saw last week look minuscule in comparison. Yeah. So Anthony, you you um, your campaign uh, is is rolling on now. Is there is there a way that people can get involved in it? Do you need some uh, some help with what's going on? Well, we've got we've got a couple of things going on. We've still got the our koala counts in the Streslecky, so we're still trying to assess assess the numbers down there. So, at the moment, um, there was about three and a half thousand hectares surveyed last year. There was roughly six hundred animals in that in, in that was the prime areas of the Streslecky's. Um, but since that time, we've done another thousand hectares, and you know, we're, we're only looking at, at, at about a hundred animals in that other thousand. So. Uh, like I said, over the 20,000 hectares of the Streslekis, there could be a couple of thousand animals, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, look, we're, we're, we're still involved in doing counts. So if people are interested and, and they want to get involved and head down for a couple of days in the bush, they can they can get, get in touch with me. Uh, the southwest issue is, uh, like, I did a trip a couple of weeks ago down there and I've, um, I've, I've, I've had a quick look. And, yeah, look, that that's a whole... That's a whole different can. Of where do where would people get in touch with you, Anthony? Uh, they can get in touch with me at Friends of the Earth, yep. um, or they can get in touch with me via email. So ajamus50 at, at gmail dot com. Um, so we'll um, we'll we'll let anyone know who wants to through Friends of the Earth. We can um, pass them along to you, Anthony, if they'd like to volunteer some time to come and do some koala counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, you know, or if if they want to give a donation, and uh, you know, we can send that down to people on the ground down there in 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 the southwest who are uh, yeah are just starting to grapple with the, with this nightmare that's unfolding. And um, hmm. Anthony, we're out of time. We're going to have to go, but thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we'd love to have you back on and get an update over the course of the year as. Unfortunately, this plays out around our cute furry icon. No worries, Sam and John. Thanks very much and good talking to you. Good yeah, nice to, to talk to you again, Anthony. All the best. See ya. See ya. And we're talking there with Anthony Amos. He's a longtime campaigner and researcher with Friends of the Earth. And in 2014, he published a comprehensive report on koala populations for Friends of the Earth. 
It's entitled Victoria Koala Issues, Plantations and Forest Stewardship Council Certification 2000 to 2014. And it's available as a download at the FOE website. And if you're interested in getting involved in doing some work with koalas, you can get in touch with Anthony through the FOE website. We've got a few announcements coming up. Uh, a, a important couple ones this week. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this week we are screening, uh, as in a group of us, not Friends of the Earth, are screening a documentary made by the renowned Australian filmmaker David Bradbury, who's well-renowned in the anti-nukes movement uh, for Blowing in the Wind and several other documentaries. He came up and followed myself and a group of anti-war and peace activists around the Canberra Peace Convergence last year and made a documentary called Waging Peace, Confronting the Military-Industrial Surveillance Complex. It's having its Melbourne premiere screening with a special Q&A with the filmmaker and activists that were involved in that spectacular event. And it's screening at the Nova Cinema on Ligon Street this Thursday night, 19th of March, 6pm. You can find a Facebook page under Waging Peace, and you will also find a link to book through Try Bookings. It's preferred that you do book your ticket beforehand. Uh, so come along and have a look at that. There's also a wonderful scavenger hunt coming up, John. And that's right. The South Australian government has decided to put out a royal commission. They're thinking of rebooting the or booting the nuclear nuclear industry there. And uh, the ACE Collective, the... Um, uh, Anti-Nuclear and Clean Energy Collective is gearing up for a campaign. They're having the Atomic Avengers scavenger hunt starts on Saturday, and all the information is at ACE. Uh, you can It's on their webpage anyway. You can get the details there. I'm rushing through this because we're just about out of time, but you can go yourself or you can come with a group. It's supposed to be set up by a professional scavenger hunter, uh, setter-uppers, <laughs> and uh sounds quite amazing. And also we want to announce uh, next week, all week, where the Sustainability Breakfast, 3CR and mm-hmm. Friends of the Earth are hosting uh, their morning breakfast programs at the Food Co-op at uh, 320, where, what's the address? 312 Smith 312 Street. 312 Smith Street. So you can come down for breakfast and listen to some live radio. Yeah, exactly. See the crew uh, putting on their show. So we're just about out of time. We are out of time, and uh, we'll be back next week. One more thing, just be absolutely, I nearly forgot. <laughs> Last week, March Thomas and I were talking about coal and coal seam gas in the Gippsland South Electorate, and uh, she's with the Coal and Coal Seam Gas Mirbu North organization. She gave me an email saying that she'd m- misinformed us about the um, the um, the distance between the well pads, she said there were 200 meters. In fact, she found out there two two kilometers should be between them. So she wrote an apology, and I'm just conveying that for her. And that's it. We're out of here. So thanks for another great episode of Dirt Radio, John. What's the song we're going out with? Well, I think this – I couldn't find a song about koalas in my collection, <laughs> but this is a song by the animals, that group, that British group from the 19 – 60s, and I, th- I took the point of view of the koalas. This is what they might be singing about <laughs> as those bulldozers head towards them. Oh, got to love the koala. Let's do what we can to protect them. Thanks for a great show. See you next week, John. Bye-bye. <laughs>